It's Farmer Friday on Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. Man, it feels so different for me just being in the studio. Our, our state has been uh, kind of on shutdown here again today. No school for the kids. and Wow, that's, that's a couple days in a row. And we're in South Dakota where we know how to push snow out of the way. The problem is when it just keeps blowing over the roads and you can't see, uh, that, that gets kind of tough. But uh, today, not quite as bad. You can see at least, but uh, it's going to take a little while for part of our state to to get all that snow taken care of. So anyway, the good thing about it is when it's not so nice outside, it's a good time to do, get things done inside. So working on plans for, for next year. Um, definitely doing some meetings with farmers and just talking about all the things that are changing in the industry and so forth. And one of the good things that, that we're seeing right now is actually improvements in supplies of crop inputs. Now, I didn't say price of crop inputs, but I did say supplies. At least supplies are improving on a lot of crop protection products, for example. Uh, nationwide seed supply looks fine. I mean, obviously, there's going to be some products that that run short because there there is only so much. And uh, we'll see, they can't just crank up a factory and start putting more out. So there are going to be some hybrids, of course, that run short. Uh, but for the most part, it looks pretty good going into next year in terms of being able to get most of what you would like. And, you know, when you think about where to put those things, that's that's the real choices to make at this time of year. And we're seeing a lot more enthusiasm in the industry around variable rate application, variable rate planting population, those kinds of things. There, There's just so much technology. I equate it back to your smartphone that you've got. And such a huge percentage of folks in our country have smartphones now. But what are you doing with the smartphone? Uh, besides social media and besides making phone calls or um, different types of messaging programs that you may have, I mean, there are so many capabilities that that smartphone has. It's crazy. I've seen a lot of data about comparing it to the 1980s and the 1990s and the computing power you hold in your hand being so much better than even the best stuff back then. It's it's pretty cool that we've got that device, but how well do we know how to use it? Now, I remember back just a few years ago on our farm, we were getting, Brandon and I were getting together with our, our guys that work with us on the farm, and we were saying, okay, what do we need to do uh, for equipment and technology for next year? And unanimously, the vote was, we just need to better utilize the stuff we already have. We need to reread the manuals, uh, start looking at, okay, what are all the capabilities that we already own, that we've already paid for, and what can we do with these things? And it's it's pretty neat as you just dive into the tools that you already have. And with the updates that are coming, a lot of things have software updates, even hardware updates uh, this winter before the next growing season. Man, there there's a lot of cool stuff. And I look at now where... Just a few years ago, it was costing eight bucks an acre or ten bucks an acre to have somebody build variable rate maps for you. Now there are programs out there you can do it yourself, whether it's climate or um, I don't know, just a wide range of other tools that that you probably already have on the farm. You can do it yourself for free, and it doesn't take that much time. So here's your shot. Um, much like uh, your kids or grandkids may be playing some video games here over Christmas break. Uh, you can play around with those computer programs just a little bit 
and make more money on your farm and try and figure out what's going on. Uh, this past week, uh, I've got a couple of, of young agronomy folks that um, have been been working with some of the farmers in this area, just going through data in their fields and trying to clean things up. And, you know, you think about if you do a side-by-side -side with your planter and you're comparing a couple different hybrids or even a, a different treatment that, hey, I'll put it on half the planter and not the other or do it on every other pass out in the field, is that data perfect? By the time you get to the end of a, a couple hundred acres of side-by-sides, and you say, well, maybe it's a couple bushel different. It isn't any huge return on investment. Then you start breaking down, well, wait a second. How about we take out that drown out spot? How about we take out that hillside that burned up in the drought? How about if we take out this other spot that, oh, yeah, we, we messed up with the planter or we messed up with the sprayer over here? And you cut some of those areas out of the data and really get a comparison of, okay, how did we really do uh, in, in different parts of the field and just overall when you take away the anomalies that are out in fields. And there's one field that we were working on where it looked like it was about a three bushel difference. It ended up being a nine bushel difference when you took out some of the problem areas in the field that were not going to happen every year. The other thing that's been neat too is just looking at, okay, what worked on our heavy river bottom high CEC soil what worked in our lighter hilltops and how can we target uh, different hybrids in those areas or different fertility or crop protection treatments in those areas. That's been pretty neat too. The other one, the big one that a lot of folks up, um, especially as you go east from where we farm, uh, have been talking about is tar spot. And just looking at some of the different treatments, I, I was just chatting um, with an agronomist from the, the southeast part of the United States, and he was just talking about some of the work they had done with drone application this year. And they'd really dialed things in to where they were getting good coverage and able to cover up to about 40 acres an hour with drones, which it may not seem like much if you're running a big you know, 100-plus foot boom on a self-propelled sprayer. You may say, well, I can get over a lot more acres than that. Yeah, you can, but can you do it without leaving a wheel track? Can you do it when the ground's too wet to get out in the field, but your crop really needs to get sprayed? This could be another tool that helps us do things more timely. And also, you think about just getting down the roads. Boy, in some parts of our country, just traveling down the roads with big equipment is really tough. But if you could drive with a pickup and a trailer behind you and have a few drones that you're going to deploy... That could be pretty interesting. I'm not saying it's for everybody yet. I'm not saying all the kinks have been worked out where this is going to be a huge percentage of the acres in our country, but certainly something to watch and keep up on or, or read up on on a snow day like this where you're inside the office. It's Farmer Friday today on Ag PhD Radio. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. We'll be right back. Coming. The weeds are coming! Hey! Paul Revere! This whole midnight ride thing is getting really... But the HPPD resistant weeds are coming. We've got Verdict Herbicide. Verdict Herbicide? Yeah, it's a non-HPPD corn pre-herbicide from BASF. Oh, well then, get some sleep. Yeah, will do. The weeds are coming! Switch to Verdict Herbicide! Always read and follow label directions! 
Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at HeadsUpST.com. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. Win the war against weeds in your soybean fields with fierce herbicides from Valent USA. With three different formulations and multiple modes of action, you're sure to find the right fierce product to protect your operation from tough weeds like Palmer Amaranth and Waterhemp. Give your soybeans a strong, clean start with up to eight weeks of residual control with the powerful pre-emergence protection of fierce herbicide. Ask your local retailer or visit valent.com fierce to find the right fierce formulation for you. Always read and follow label instructions. I love Farmer Fridays. Normally, I'm the one scrambling. Today, it's Janelle scrambling, and it's just fun to watch uh, her try to get everything done over a very short commercial break that she's got to get done. Uh, One-person show here today, uh, running things behind the scenes. So uh, thank you, Janelle, for doing that. Uh, so it is Farmer Friday. If you call in, you will get Janelle. It's 844-44-AG-PHD. Uh, you can always email us to radio at agphd.com. And actually, that's what she was kind of doing. She was looking through some soil samples that came in and trying to to sort everything out. The way it normally works here is if you send us an email, Janelle tries to print it out so uh, everybody can be looking at the same thing. And sometimes it's just kind of handy to, to see it on paper and maybe be able to scribble a few notes in there or something as well. So uh, if you do send that in, um, we'll, we'll be looking at it. And I know sometimes we don't get to every one of them each day, but uh, but we will. We'll get to him as soon as, as we possibly can. So we got Kevin right now on with us over in Pennsylvania on a Farmer Friday. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks, Darren. Good to talk to you. You guys getting the snow over there, too, or what kind of weather are you getting now? So we had pretty good weather all through harvest season. Yesterday we got a bit of an ice storm here in Indiana County, and uh, it's it's since gone away, and it's just kind of uh, you know that yucky gray December day right now. Yep, yep. Now I know, and um, we talked to you about trees from from time to time. Was the ice storm bad enough? You had some tree damage, or or not too bad? You know what? We didn't, and uh, of course I've been a little bit removed from that part of the business, but I I haven't seen any. I was out there today, just kind of looking around. My my bins are out there at the nursery as well, and uh, I didn't see any. So we, I think we dodged a bullet there. Excellent. Excellent. So how are the crops in your part of Pennsylvania this year? Crops didn't do too bad. Um, you know, personally speaking on my end, um, did okay. Soybeans were average, I'd say. The TA average, not great. Um, corn did fairly well. We, we had a little drought there in July, a mini drought, I guess. But uh, picked back up pretty good in August and um, finished pretty strong through, uh, you know, late August to September. And 
you know, hey, we, I, I was pleased. I, I filled, you know, all my capacity and uh, even a little leftover. So yeah, I, was, I was pleased. I was talking earlier about just some of the challenges getting down the roads. Uh, what's that like in your area trying to drive farm equipment down the road? Oh, man, Darren, I'm glad you brought that up. It is really tough. Um, so, you know, if anybody's been to Pennsylvania or any place like that, it is really tight, narrow, a lot of trees. Uh, the roads are skinny. The shoulders are skinnier. <laughs> and um, I was going to say non-existent. Know, what, uh, what shoulders? Non-existent. Yes, what shoulders indeed. And, uh, you know, there's some drivers that aren't too, uh, too hip to us farmers coming down the road with, uh, you know, 17 foot wide duels on your combine and <laughs> a, a train of, of grain cart and, and head and all that. So it, it is tough. That's funny. You bring that up. Yeah. It's, it's always interesting depending on where you're at in the country and, and so forth, uh, exactly what those situations are. I mean, here we've got a lot of wide open and right now, this time of year with the snow blowing around, it's kind of tough, but harvest time, we're sure thankful for that just to be able to, uh, to have a little bit of room to get around, but it still it still gets tight with the size of equipment today, no doubt about that. Uh, any big changes going into next year, Kevin? I, you said the soybeans, eh, they weren't anything to brag about so much, but uh, but corn was good. You thinking any changes in equipment or technology on your farm? So um, not, a, not a lot of changes. Um, dabbling a little more in, in wheat, uh, trying to get you know a third rotation in there. I think that's going to help me personally. Um, you know, I got a got a new drill, a grain drill for that. Um, so that might be the biggest change. Um, and just really managing those rotations. And uh, there are some places where I do have to go corn on corn, have to manage that as well. And uh, that, that's really it. Just, just trying to get it really dialed in on the management. Yeah, it's going to be fun with that third crop in there, just the the time that it's that it saves for you too versus just raising corn and beans having a crop you harvest at a different time and i mean are you thinking about like cover crops after the wheat or um you know doing any kind of other yeah. big improvements out in those fields absolutely again funny you mentioned um i am going to try to ramp up on cover crops try to get some of those fall cover crops in and um yeah, it's tough just not having the help, but I, I did pick up a guy here, a good friend of mine. He's a younger guy that's uh, really, really good with things like that. And I think that, uh, you know, with that help, I can get out there and get a few more cover crops on. And really, that's going to help management as well. And just uh, the whole ball of wax there is going to be much better. So, yeah, ramping up cover crops for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, well, looking forward to 2023 for you. It'll be fun to to hear from you and hear how that all goes. Uh, good luck to Absolutely. you, Kevin. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family as well. Hey, Merry Christmas, Darren. I appreciate everything. We'll talk to you soon. You bet. Thanks. Uh, let's head over to Iowa. we got Josh with us right now, and uh, Iowa's been getting their fair share of ice and snow as well. How you doing, Josh? Oh, we're just, uh, you know, trying to stay warm, not not get blown away by these 30-mile-an-hour winds that we got going on here right now. Oh, my goodness, yeah. It's been on their cold winds, too. So do you guys have livestock yourself? We do. We have hogs and cattle. And so um, this morning was kind of a busy one, just trying to get out there and get everything cleared and um, trying to haul some seed beans into town for uh, the Golden Harvest plant here, too. So we were trying to get everything moved and cleared out and get everybody to where they need to be. So uh, 
Our friends yeah. down in the south say, man, what do you guys do up there in the north in the winter? <laughs> well, I don't think there's any shortage of jobs. No, no, there's never there's never a downtime around here. You know, we're trying to fit that in with books and, and meetings and everything else. It's just feels, you know, just as busy as ever. Hey, what do you do with the cattle? We get a lot of non-farmers and, and guys that don't have livestock that say, what What do you guys do with cattle in the winter? Is it is just wind protection the big thing? Or uh, how, do you, how do you deal with it? Do you change the rations up for them when it gets cold like this? Um, I, it, it depends, you know. Um, I Mostly it's the wind protection and making sure, you know, the water stays liquid they don't they don't freeze up overnight with especially when it gets really windy um you know the wind chills can drop that temperature pretty quick and then the heaters struggle to stay you know uh, to, to keep up with it and so sometimes you might freeze over a little um uh, every now and again you know you know the we get these nasty storms i'll throw some extra protein or something out there just to kind of help them weather the uh the storm or whatever but for the most part you know they they kind of handle themselves they take care take care of everything as long as they've got some hay and some some extra feed the bunk they'll they'll manage it just fine yeah we were always worried about that wind break that was always a big deal for us and dad dad said that too he goes man just just go out there when it's cold they they don't mind the cold so much they they just don't like when it's 20 below and then 50 above that kind of thing big yeah. temperature swings or or the stinking wind it's been it's been strong lately yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, we're we're just we're trying to get through some equipment. We're trying to make some some decisions on what to do. I was just listening to the last caller. You know, we're we're in the midst of all that too, and it's just now we got to deal with the winter weather. So it's up till now we've been pretty pretty spoiled with some nice temperatures, but that only lasts for so long. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So I know you guys have done uh, cover crops in the past. What what's your advice for somebody new getting into that? Uh, just take it easy. I mean, um, cereal rye is my kind of your, your go-to Swiss army knife when it comes to those cover crops. Um, if you're going into soybeans, you know, that's, that's your best friend right there is cause it can help with weed suppression. You know, if it's this year, co- I think cover crops probably save some of our yield compared to, um, some of the neighbors because we got so, so dry, um, up until August that, you know, having that that mat there kind of helped us save some yield by preserving some moisture and keeping the soil a little cooler. Well, um, great example this year too. You're catching a little bit of snow in that. You're you're yeah. able to hold the soil in place. That's been a big one. That was really an eye opener with with my brother too. I said, man, with as much wind as we get, if we can just hold the soil in place, I think it'll be worth doing just for that alone. Well, hey, Josh, we got to let you run, but Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thanks for being on today. Really appreciate it. You too. Thanks. Listening to Ag PhD Radio on a Farmer Friday, and our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. What does it feel like to get all for none? How does all the Thanksgiving turkey with none of the cooking sound? All your football team's highlights with none of the timeouts. We'll do you one better. What about all the benefits of a new Farmall utility tractor with none of the finance cost? Welcome to Farmall A-Days. For a limited time only, gain 0% financing for 48 months or a cashback offer when you invest in select Farmalls this holiday season. There's a reason they call it a Farmall and not a Farm None. Visit caseih.com slash offers to learn more about these special offers running now through December 31st. 
The value of your farm building is in its ability to protect what's stored inside. That's why Morton Buildings ensures that every machine storage and insulated workshop we build will provide superior strength and durability. As a 100% employee-owned company, we're all committed to being the industry leader with a focus on innovation, service, quality, and most importantly, customer satisfaction. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. How can natural products help you raise bigger and better crops? I'm Darren Hefty. In recent years, natural products have exploded onto the market, claiming to improve soil health and plant development. There's a lot to sort through. That's why we're devoting a full day to our Ag PhD Naturals Workshop. It's Thursday, January 12th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. Our research team has spent years testing hundreds of natural products, and we want to share with you what we've learned. For more about this free event, go to agphd.com. It's planting season, race against the clock season, mistakes can't happen season, and no one helps you face it all like John Deere. Putting technology in your hands that gets you in and out of the field faster, that makes your spacing and depth more accurate, and that gives you the confidence that this season will be your best season. See what you have to gain at johndeere.com slash gain ground. Go long for season-long foliar disease protection that starts at plant. Only Zyway brand fungicides from FMC provide season-long foliar disease protection from the start. Active ingredient Flutriafol moves through your corn plants as they grow for inside-out protection from roots to tassel. Growers and retailers are sharing their Zyway brand fungicide success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. Team B wants to help make your holidays John Deere green. With in-store selections of toys, lifestyle products, and collectibles, we have something for everybody. Make a list, check it twice, and find that perfect gift at your nearest CNB store. With 10% off going on now through December 31st, don't delay, shop today. Get your planter ready for spring with Germinator Closing Wheels from Farm Shop MFG. And now when you buy 12 rows or more, get free shipping or 20% off an end zone bin system. Offer good while supplies last, so order yours today at farmshopmfg.com. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio on a Farmer Friday today, and our phone lines are open for your calls and agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. You can always email us, radio at agphd.com. One of my favorite guests on, i got A.O. down in North Carolina. How's it going, A.O.? It's going good. 57 degrees, sun shining. Can you say the same? <laughs> well, I don't know. I guess if you add it up all week, our high temperatures, we might be able to get there. But that, that sounds pretty good to me right now. A lot better than driving on ice like I did this morning. Uh, I'm glad it's you, not me. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I, I don't know. That's It doesn't happen very many days here, but when it does, uh, we just have to kind of kind of fight through it. So what, what are you working on now? Down, if it's 57 degrees, that means you still got to work. Oh yeah, well we're you know we're like y'all we're in the seed business so we're hauling uh I've been hauling loads in today to uh you know to the plant. Yeah, that's so we're processing we're processing soybeans as hard as we can go. That's one thing that kind of slows down up here in the north when it gets really cold. We don't want anything to get too brittle, but at fifty-seven degrees, man, that's ideal. That's that's great working weather. Oh yeah, you know it when. 
when you're looking at the the seed beans for next year, what what do you see in terms of traits and in terms of new products coming out? I mean, are there some some things growers are looking for that you say, man, we got a lot more of this now than than we had just a few years ago, or or anything different there? Oh yeah, we have a lot of extend flex varieties now to choose from. Uh, but in some enlist, uh, we don't do quite as much enlist, but it's a whole lot of extend flex beans are being planted. Yeah, that's interesting because I'd say um, up here, I mean, it, it's divided a little bit. Minnesota definitely has more enlist, and we're kind of right on the South Dakota-Minnesota border. South Dakota's got more extend flex, and guys here are pretty excited. There's more extend flex choices now, too. That was something where uh, maybe there's more choices in the enlist platform, but the uh, extend flex guys, guys have liked that, especially for us, it's kosher control that they've thought it was a little bit better. How about down there? Why do guys like extend flex? Is it the crop rotation? Is it they just want to use dicamba or something else? Well, it's probably more to be protected from your neighbor, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I mean, we have a little bit of the problem, but really not that much. Uh, but, you know, when you got a neighbor that may have it or he's he's down the road a little ways and he might have it, it's just kind of some protection for us to, you know, make sure that we don't get any drift or whatever. Sure, sure, yeah. There's certainly some of that up here too, no doubt about that. Uh, so what kind of crops you guys have down in North Carolina this year? Was it was 2022 a good year to you guys or, or was it a little tougher? Well, we had 1,153 acres of wheat, and it averaged 86 and a half bushels to the acre. So wow. that was good. Then we turned around and had 1,400 acres of soybeans, and they didn't average but 30. And the worst, I've been on the farm 48 years, and it's the worst bean crop I've had since I've been on the farm. It was dry. I mean, just eight weeks of virtually no 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 water. It would it would come to us and split and go around us. Uh, okay, so so as a, a seed uh, person here, what does that seed look like? I mean, does the seed look okay? Because my experience from our droughts up here is sometimes seed quality is great, but uh, even though the yields weren't very good, we didn't get much of it, but we still had really good seed. Does it look good this year, or are you having to clean a lot out? Well, actually, seed quality, I mean, we're processing some right now that were picked three weeks ago, and they're uh, they were ninety seven percent germination, you know, preliminaries, and uh, the, the seed size is the thing now. Uh, it's just, you know, we're we're looking at three thousand or or more, you know, seeds per per pound. So they're real small uh, for us. But you, we spread out. We go out a couple hundred miles uh, with growers, and so we've had, you know, we're. We've had some that, you know, stuff coming in, 23, 2400, you know, seeds per pound look, you know, really good. But it's just small seed for us where where we're at right, you know, what we're doing right now. Yep, yep, totally get that. Well, uh, good luck to you here, A.O. Hopefully you guys get some cold weather too so you don't have to work so darn hard and, and you can go inside for a little bit. But uh, I don't know, I'm a little jealous of that 57 degrees. But uh, good talking to you. Merry Christmas to you and your family, and we'll talk again soon. All right, but Y'all have a Merry Christmas also. You bet. Thank you very much. Uh, let's head up to New York. we got Rick on with us right now. Rick, how are you guys doing? Okay. 
So what's uh, what's it like up in upstate New York? You guys catching some snow up there already? Uh, I've been watching some sports, and it looks like uh, a lot of snow not too far from you. Yeah, it's the typical lake effect uh, off of Lake Erie so far this year, um, a little bit off of Lake Ontario as well, but it's in those bands. Um, you know, you, you saw Buffalo and Orchard Park got clobbered. Um, sure wouldn't have wanted to have any corner beans still out in the field at that point but um where we are in the finger lakes it's uh we don't get the lake effect so much um we've only got three or four inches on the ground right now and that's about the most we've had all winter haven't had any real cold yet either uh i think uh, about 19 is the coldest we've been so so far a mild uh winter yeah, yeah, three or four inches. No, but for you guys down in the south that are listening, you're like, "Oh my goodness, three or four inches of snow? That's nothing. <laughs> that's that's not going to cause any problems." It's yeah, it's like you say, like that lake effect stuff where you get feet that come at at one time. Uh, that's that's no fun to deal with at all. Well, you mentioned uh, crop out in the field. Did did guys have good luck getting everything out in your area? Yeah, uh, sounds like like. Everyone else, we had a dry summer, but not terrible. It, I would say all it did is take the top end out. We still had good yields of corn and soybeans, uh, you know, just not the bin buster. Um, and then the fall, you couldn't dial it in any more perfect than what it was. It, it was just phenomenal. Uh, stayed fairly dry, um, sunny, warm, got the corn off, uh, the in record time earliest i've ever done the soybeans came off early also um and all of it's been shipped so we're we're sitting pretty got all the cover crops in all the fall grains seeded for next year um fertilizer spread in the fall uh just you know we got way ahead on things and uh it was fun yeah, no kidding. Well, it sounds like you guys were busy. <laughs> you probably need a little bit of time just to you know, catch your breath after all that. Where you got you got like uh, half a year's work done in just a couple of months there. Yeah, we were boogieing right along, but uh, you know we usually have to fight with the mud and the rain um, when we get into fall, and we didn't have to do any of that, so it was uh, pretty easy. You know, that's a great point. I mean, you, you're farming in one of the most beautiful areas of the country, that Finger Lakes region in New York. For anybody listening, uh, you got to visit. That's It's gorgeous up there. And But you do have that challenge that, that uh, the way the land lies and, and so forth, uh, it, it can get a little muddy up there, no doubt about that. So uh, everything went smooth now. I mean, how much easier is that going to make spring if you get all that work done? Uh, you know, the spring will still be the spring. Um, it, it, we got done what we normally would get done. I wouldn't say we're ahead on, on next spring. We get too much rain here throughout the, the fall and the winter to uh, get too excited about putting down too much pre-fertilizer. Sure, sure. Um, this doesn't make any sense here. Uh, so we still have to, you know, run as hard as we can once we get uh, dry ground in the spring. You bet. Yeah. Well, that's true. It's, uh, it's not, not so easy. You can just push the, push the easy button and everything's done. You still, still got a little ways to go. Well, uh, good talking to you today, Rick. I'm glad to hear you guys still had good yields. I knew you got a little bit dry up there. So that's, that's encouraging that you had, uh, decent conditions. And of course, uh, with the fall you had, wow, what a, what a great way to set yourself up for 2023. Yeah. Another, uh, thing that was probably more unusual was that, uh, 
just about every farmer in the area was putting in tile drainage like I've never seen before. So, you know, yeah, the profitability off the good grain prices with good yields, and uh, some of that money went back into field tile um, in a big way around here. Boy, it did in our area too. It was a it was a good year to try and get that stuff done. Well, it'll be fun to see how that that plays out. Hey, Rick, uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Really appreciate having you on, and uh, and hope to talk to you again soon. You're right. Take care. You bet. It's Farmer Friday, and we'll be right back. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. Downtime during spraying can lead to huge yield losses. Keep rolling with the Pentair Hypro Force Field. This pump features a unique self-regulated chamber that allows the pump to run dry while eliminating cracked seals, so you can spray longer and more reliably. Learn more at pentair.com hypro. Pasture spraying season is upon us, and your spray window may be longer than you realize. Many weeds like musk thistle and Canada thistle are still able to be controlled after a few light frosts. If you've got some ground that's losing productivity to invasive weeds, turn to proven answers like Weedmaster and Burnmaster from New Farm. Go to newfarm.com forward slash US crop to learn more. If you understood everything on a soil test and could make your own fertility plan, you think you could cut your farm's fertilizer expenses? Maybe you could increase your yields. Why not both? I'm Darren Hefty. We want to empower you to make your own fertility decisions. That's why we're devoting two full days to our Ag PhD Soils Clinic this year, January 10th and 11th at the Morton Center on our farm near Baltic, South Dakota. This could be the two most important days you spend in your farming career, and it's free. So register now at agphd.com. It changes everything. So says Indiana corn grower Nathan Davis about innovative Zyway LFR fungicide from FMC. Zyway brand fungicides are the first and only at-plant corn fungicides to provide unprecedented, season-long, inside-out foliar disease protection. Discover more grower and retailer success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. My mom's got a new case IH tractor, and it can do it all. Bale hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. AgroLiquid is precision crop nutrition. That means being committed to product performance, to research and field testing, and to superior agronomics. Most of all, AgroLiquid is committed to delivering precisely the right nutrition in the right way, including seed-safe planter plus side dress applications and foliar applications with low burn risk. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Farmer Friday on Ag PhD Radio. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio today, taking your calls and agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. 
oh, Christmas is right around the corner. I'm making my list for our farm and what would I like. And certainly I love seeing these crop prices good and uh, would love to see the input prices less. <laughs> so I had a little more margin to work with, but we can still make some margin. It still looks like 2023 is going to be a good year. And I think, I think you can tell that as you listen today with um, farmers that we've had all over the country on the show from the from the south to the east uh, to out here in the west. And uh, everybody's pretty optimistic about next year that looks like looks like we could do something. So I guess we want to talk about that. Again, 844-44-AG-PHD. I'm going to dive back in uh, to the phone lines here. i got Ryan up in North Dakota. Ryan, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. Uh, you know, we were talking about the cold and the snow and all that. I mean, it's just kind of part of the deal here in the Dakotas. Uh, how'd you guys turn out this fall? Did you get everything out and, and uh, everything in that you want to get in this fall? Yeah, you know, we went right to the ground froze up, but we got all the crops in and we got the prepaid nitrogen we had into the ground. So, you know, we're we're pretty fortunate there. Um, you always want to get more work done, but that's that's the one nice thing about living this far north is when Mother Nature says it's time to quit, you don't argue with her and you just quit. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's no arguing. It's it's just done. And uh, I've got a, a friend that does a lot of drainage tile work, and, man, they were going 24-7 trying to get everything in they could before the frost got too deep and, and they had to quit. So what are you doing for crops next year? Do you, have you kind of set your rotation or are you still – a free agent and just watching markets to see where you might shift some acres. You know, we've set the crops we're going to put in the ground and we're fortunate up here that we have a lot of choices that work for us. So I got a list of six different crops. We'll be putting in the ground, wheat, barley, corn, soy, canola, and sunflowers. You know, we'll look at maybe flexing some acres back and forth, whether it be a few more sunflowers or a few more corn acres. But we like to keep our rotation a cereal broadleaf about fifty fifty. Yeah. Yeah. It is it is neat. And and for anybody that's not familiar with North Dakota agriculture, uh, this is not unusual <laughs> what Ryan's talking about here. There there are a lot of different crops and the great thing with North Dakota, you get so much sunlight in the summer that you can really raise fantastic crops. We can. You know, you look at I'm only twenty miles from the Canadian border and what the genetics have done for some a crop like corn and all of our corn actually goes north into feedlots into um, hog feed and so forth it's kind of unfortunate we don't have some of that animal agriculture in north dakota here utilizing those crops but it's good to have an end use market for for us you know that in addition to the crush plants we have in the state we're we're fortunate that we do have access to a lot of end use. Yeah, no doubt about that. Well, and I I wouldn't put it past North Dakota to develop an animal agriculture industry too. They're, the guys up there are pretty innovative. My dad always talked about this, Ryan. He said, you got to be pretty smart and you got to be a really good farmer as you go north and west because you're going to get less days to do it and you're going to get uh, uh, some tough weather as you go that way too, less rainfall. So uh, no doubt about it. It's it's not easy. Hey, you mentioned the corn. Twenty miles from the Canadian border. What maturity do you raise? Is it seventy-five day corn, eighty day corn? Uh, what's kind of a sweet spot for your farm? You know, we're still experimenting some, but really that seventy-five, seventy-eight day 
You know, we actually got the 80-day through this year, and we didn't have many corn acres in with the way the spring, you know, was so wet that we pulled a lot of our corn acres out, but still did the research plots, and the 80 days want it, but I'm more comfortable in that 75, 76. We're not set up to do a lot of drying, so we kind of want to make sure it's it's manageable anyways once the combine rolls. Yeah, that is the complicating factor with corn. Uh, what do you see with, with the other crops that you raise? Is there any other crop there that you say, man, I've got to have an awesome year and i got to have lots of heat or I might not make it? You know, not not really. I mean, corn is, corn is the one. Soybeans always, you can get a little bit nervous, but again, we're raising double zero varieties. So they're, I kind of joke that they almost have a pod forming when we plant them in the spring. So they, they're pretty quick in their maturity, but it's it's the corn one that, that makes us worried about whether or not it's going to make it in the fall. And then the soybeans and the canola, they kind of complement each other if, if we get, um, a dry later in the year, the canola is probably going to do good, but if we catch some late August rain, you know, the soybeans are definitely going to take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I, I know it. You probably aren't going to hit a home run on all six of those in a single year, but it seems like something hits a home run about every year. As long as you get some amount of moisture, it's, it's really cool. Some of the different rotations that the guys to the north can do. Well, hey, Ryan, thanks for explaining that a little bit. Thanks for being on today. We really appreciate it, and Merry Christmas to you and your family. Same to you. Thanks. You know, there there are just a lot of different ways to, to make it on the farm, and I, I, I thought that was pretty interesting just thinking about all the work. Well, and, and a lot of guys in North Dakota got a lot of work done this fall and got set up, and um, and some guys, like Mark is, or I'm sorry, Ryan has made the, the commitment here on which crops he's going to do out there, or at least pretty, pretty sure, unless a weather event happens in the spring. Um, but there are still a lot of guys up there that I talk to that say, well, I got this part of the farm decided, but I'm still holding out on this one. I guess we're going to see, going to see how it goes. Um, when, when we look at, uh, some of the other things going on, I've had a number of emails come in. I want to dive into the ag PhD mailbag. I don't know if you got a chance, Janelle, I see she's on the phone right now, uh, taking a, another caller. Uh, but I'll, I'll just get started. This one came in from CC. Uh, you guys talk about biological or natural products a lot. Just curious if you tried any of the myco-apply products that contain mycorrhizal soil fungi. Hey, thanks, Cece. We really appreciate the the question. You bet we have. We've we've used uh, myco-apply products for a number of years. The mycorrhizal fungi for us first became an interest on our farm because we knew our river bottom ground sometimes can flood. And a lot of times, if you've got a flood that lasts for a long time, uh, we certainly see soil health go down. And if you have no oxygen out there, aerobic microbes are going to have a tough time. And so that was our thought to jumpstart ground that had flooded out and get it going again. But we've also seen benefits trying to jumpstart drought uh, conditions too. So we're coming out of a couple of years of drought here, hopefully. Hopefully we don't have the third year of drought this year. Um but here's where uh, a product like that, like MycoApply, could be real beneficial for us. I know guys, uh, even going west from us, have had really good luck with mycorrhizal fungi applications helping through some of these tough conditions because um, soil fungi, beneficial fungi like that, can help bring phosphorus and other nutrients into the plant. And whenever you have something else to help the plant get more nutrients, the crop uses less water. 
and obviously in a drought, that's a, a real positive. So yeah, we have tried that. Uh, that's that's our preferred mycorrhizal soil fungi um, product right now, MycoApply. So anyway, uh, yeah, we like it. Good luck. Thanks, CC. Uh, and another question that came in, this one is from uh, AM, who said, uh, my question is, my pH is 5.5, so it's low. I'm wondering, can I put my N, P, and K, along with some calcium, magnesium, and micros, in a deep band, but have it in a single concentrated band? So all the nutrients just in one concentrated strip. Uh, I'm worried about tie-up. Uh, for example, um, phosphorus. I'm worried about it tying up with the calcium if I put that right together and so on. There are a number of nutrients that do that. So I'm wondering, is it okay to put all those nutrients in a single band? Uh, my, my, is my assumption correct that that could be an issue? If, if so, please explain how I can put nutrients on without them tying up together. Hey, that, that is a good question because, you know, as much money as it costs for, uh, putting these nutrients out there, you, you don't want to waste that. Uh, so, you know, for, for me, um, the, the calcium piece is the one that, that I'm a little bit nervous about. I'm wondering what form of each of those nutrients you've got. So you might want to follow up and, and just tell us, okay, here's exactly the forms that those nutrients are coming in. We'll talk a little bit more about this right after the break. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Commodity Classic has everything you need to take your farming operation to the next level. Nationally known thought leaders, a huge trade show with the latest ag innovations, outstanding education that will help you prepare for the next generation of farming, and networking with thousands of farmers from across the nation and beyond. Join us in Orlando March 9th through 11th, 2023. Learn more at commodityclassic.com. Get the most out of every acre of your farm by attending Ag PhD's workshops and clinics this winter. I'm Darren Hefty. My brother Brian and I are hosting several free workshops throughout January and February with seven full days of events on the docket, including agronomy workshops in corn, soybeans, and wheat, a tiling clinic, two days dedicated to soils, plus a whole day devoted to natural and biological products. We have a lot of great information that we can't wait to share. And best of all, these events are free. Register today at agphd.com. This season, get medieval on Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia fungicide from Valent USA. Here to shield your sugar beets from the treachery of Rhizoctonia, Excalia delivers excellent staying power, keeping your sugar beets from being conquered. Stay one step ahead of Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia. Ask your retailer or visit valent.com slash Excalia to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. 
At Corteva AgriScience, we want to keep farms healthy and productive, today and tomorrow. That's why we're investing in a robust pipeline of naturally derived biologicals. Meet Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer. It's a sustainable nitrogen fixation product that facilitates crop growth and optimizes yield potential. With the fluctuation in fertilizer prices, Utricia N is a reliable solution. It can be used alongside your traditional nitrogen program to enhance your ROI this year. For more information, visit Corteva.us. What does it feel like to get all for none? How does all the Thanksgiving turkey with none of the cooking sound? All your football team's highlights with none of the timeouts? We'll do you one better. What about all the benefits of a new Farmall utility tractor with none of the finance cost? Welcome to Farmall A-Days. For a limited time only, gain 0% financing for 48 months or a cashback offer when you invest in select Farmalls this holiday season. There's a reason they call it a Farmall and not a Farm None. Visit caseih.com slash offers to learn more about these special offers running now through December 31st. Farmer Friday and Ag PhD Radio. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio. And just before this last break, I had a question from AM coming in. Hey, if I want to band uh, my fertilizer because I've got a low pH, like 5.5, can I put NPK, calcium, magnesium, and micros all together, or do I risk some tie-up? I, I think you risk some, some issues there. I'd love to see your full soil sample to have an idea of what we could do at 5.5. Maybe you want to do a little bit of liming. If so, uh, I, I guess I'd prefer that in a broadcast if you could. But if you're going to do some banding with something like uh, pelletized lime, uh, that that might be a different story. I don't think I'd throw that all down in that, that single band. And I, I don't know. I would do it a little bit different. That's My thought is I would broadcast the calcium and magnesium. Then the NPK and micros I could put in that band and plant right over it so my roots have the best chance to extract it. That's that's how I would go about it, but if you want to send us a sample, if you want to send us uh, any information about which exact nutrients you're going to be putting out there, we'd, we'd be happy to take a look. It's just radio at agphd.com. Hey, thanks, AM. We do appreciate the we do appreciate the questions. Yeah, a lot of people thinking about nutrients right now and how to do things, and one guy thinking about lime here just a little bit as we talk about that. It's our friend Mark over in Wisconsin. Mark, how are you doing? Good. How are you, Brian? Darren, Darren, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're close, Mark. I don't know if you're teasing me or not, but yeah, you know, when we think about uh, Mark here, Mark always comes with tough questions. So you're never easy, Mark. I, I do appreciate that. Janelle's like, hey, I got Mark online. I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> what's he got right now? So uh, why don't you explain it just a little bit? You got some tests here. You got some uh, calcium information. Looks like you're looking at some different lime. Uh, what What's going on? Well, Darren, first, let me address the tough questions. I think it was uh, was one of the presidents that said, no easy issue will ever come to the death of the president. Well, PhD is kind of the same way. If that was an easy answer, I wouldn't be calling egg PhD. That would be intro to agronomy or something like that. Well, yeah, you're getting the ones. Well, we'll take them. We'll take them on. Okay, we got uh, we got about eight minutes left of the show, so we got to we got to move quickly. So you got some samples here. So it looks like you got some ground that needs some lime. Uh, what what are you sitting at, Derek? What's your calcium magnesium situation? Uh, I would say, generally speaking, calcium is about maybe sixty or seventy percent 
and magnesium is about 28-29%, but that's just kind of a rough guess. Sure. Uh, some of the ground that I just picked up, the pH is really, really low, upper fours, lower fives type of thing. Wow. You need probably four ton just to get a kernel to come out of the ground, basically. Hey, now let me ask you this question. How dry did you guys get? Did you did you get some rains or are you would you consider yourself to be in a drought? We were dry. And and that's one thing when you look at pHs, a lot of times in these dry years they will read a little bit artificially low. So maybe instead of upper 4s, low 5s, maybe you're low to mid 5s to start with. Um if you had decent moisture out there. So it might not be quite as bad as you think. So we're always cautious on our farm not to over lime because we, we put too much calcium out there. It just takes us a while to, to bring that back. But, um, you know, with your high magnesium levels that you got, uh, maybe that isn't going to be as much of an issue for you, but uh, it's, it is definitely something to think about. So uh, I, I would look at, okay, what's going to get me up into the low sixes and not any further than that? And even if that uh, pH reading's off by a couple of tenths due to the drought, uh, then then you aren't going to push it too far. Are you doing any alfalfa on this ground or is it mainly for corn and beans? This is mainly corn and beans. Okay. Okay. Then I like, you know, I like that 6.2 to maybe 6.5 pH. It seems like we get the most nutrient availability there. So don't don't uh, look for wrecks that will pull you all the way up towards 7. I'd stay a little bit on the low side of that. Now, it looks like on, on one of these samples that, um, that Janelle sent to me, it looks like you got 34 to 1 uh, calcium to mag ratio. And that would be awesome if you've got high mag already to start with. Let's build the calcium up, and that's going to naturally pull that magnesium percentage down as part of the base saturation. So I, I like that strategy. Looks like you got some good choices here. How many different limes have we got? Well, there's, there's supposedly two different samples there. Okay. The one that you really like and I really like is $55 a ton. Oh, ah, so you're saying we have expensive taste. Yes. Right. The one that's really good is 55 bucks a ton. The one with that that's a lot higher in magnesium. Yes. Is twenty two or twenty three dollars a ton. So the other one looks like it's gonna be about two to one calcium to magnesium ratio, roughly. And yeah, I would not choose that kind of lime. I would definitely go with the the high calcium lime. That I know it costs more money and maybe you say, gosh, I don't want to spend that much or maybe it's rented ground. I can't afford to spend that much. Maybe start with just two ton then and at least get the process started, uh, get things moving. And with a little bit of moisture or a little bit of tillage, you can move that down in the top few inches of soil, and you will see an impact on that right away this year. Okay. So even at two or three times, or even at two times the cost. Well, here's the challenge. Here's the challenge, Mark. If you've got high magnesium soil and you go with a two-to-one calcium-to-mag ratio, you're going to raise your mag. And... I don't want that for you. So that, that other one would actually hurt you. So I, I would, I wouldn't even consider using that one. I, I would just totally be looking at this one. And then the other question that I've got, um, that I don't see that I've got this on the test, but you probably have it. It's probably just multiple pages, uh, is, uh, what percentage will get through, uh, uh, really fine sieve. 
Uh, so a lot of times they'll have what percentage gets through uh, an 8 mesh and a 60 mesh and a 100 mesh. And I'd love it if we had almost all of it getting through a 100 mesh screen. That means it's going to react even faster. So I don't see that on the analysis. Do you have a page like that? Um. I don't believe so. I can call them and ask them for more yeah. information. Yeah, I'm just I'm just curious how, how fine that lime source is and where does that lime come from? Is that a water treatment plant lime or is that a uh, something that they're mining? I saw the the other stuff with the high mag, the dolomitic lime is is coming from a quarry. Uh, but but that yeah. other sample with just the high calcium, where's that lime from? I think they're just mining that out of a quarry. Oh okay. I don't know if they could tell you anything about screen size but to the best of my knowledge the ical lime is 8089 and the high meg lime i believe was 76 is what he said so it was 7079 okay. basically okay well i guess the um, I, I love that high calcium lime. That's where I would go. And then the finer that is. So they generally run an analysis to see how much fits through a certain size screen. And it just all depends on how, how much they're crushing that uh, as they're, they're mining it. And if they're crushing it fine, it acts a little bit quicker out in your soil. And yeah, I think, I, I don't know, I'm just guessing at 55 bucks a ton, is that spread or is that just to get the lime and they have to pay to spread it too? No, that's spread. Both of them are spread prices. Okay, okay. Well, uh, I guess whatever the budget allows to, to fix, I mean, you want to not go broke. <laughs> so so if our ton is too much, then uh, maybe just run with a couple ton to start with and then uh, just wait a couple of years down the road and, and see how that's working, and you can always add more later. All right. Thank you, Darren. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Mark. Hey, Merry Christmas to you and your family, too. Merry Christmas. Yeah, the the liming. I just I was just talking to uh, uh, a gentleman from the southeast uh, today, and he was talking about uh, different lime sources and just how tough it is to to change pH on some of that some of that ground down. Uh, and this was actually I think in Florida he was talking about. Uh, and man, what a what a challenge when you put on lime and it's only going to raise it up maybe a half a point because uh, the, the ground's pretty resistant to change. And then you got to go back with some more lime and some more lime and you can only raise certain crops for a while. It really sounded a lot like some of the challenges farmers down in Brazil have faced on some of the Cerrado ground where they've uh, taken what, what was pasture and pH is down in the fours and trying to get that back up into uh, productivity, which is part of the reason for anybody that's done a little research on that ground they're seeing a, a better environmental footprint when they actually get that soil uh, producing well and get that pH up. So it is a good thing for our environment long term to raise good crops, no doubt about it. Well, thanks for listening to our show today. Please join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.